The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are you guys ready to do this? Yeah. yeah. Let's get her done, son. Hell yeah. <laughs> so welcome everyone to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, I am Eric and I am joined by the lovely... Christian! And Bailey. We do not have Sam in the studio tonight. We are we wah, have wah. several tornado warnings and watches going on around us. And we weren't going to make this poor girl drive an hour to and from the studio. But we will bribe Bailey with patty melts yes. for a 10-minute drive. Um, <laughs> if there's food, I'm there. And I guarantee you it was better than Waffle House. Mm, yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. The, the mustard? The Delicatessen mustard. mustard, dude. Delicatessen mustard. Tell them about the pickles. Oh, uh, the maple bourbon pickles. Fucking secret secret ingredient. Very extra patty melt. I literally turned the turned the jar around and I was like, what the you know fuck what is think, this? You know what it, it would have set it off, Eric, if we would have put a hairnet on you and then like had you. It just like, had me smoking a cigarette. <laughs> just be like, what the fuck you want? And then me like, and Christian are fighting in the background. <laughs> Welcome to Waffle House. <laughs> Welcome to Waffle House. What can I get you? I can't tell if that's pepper or cigarette ash in my eggs. <laughs> It adds the flavor. Oh, shit. Well, like once I said, uh, like I said, welcome to Creeps in the Crypt, everyone. Um, before we get started, I just want to say thank you for all the positive feedback on the first episode of this series. We've gotten a good amount of it. You guys rock. A uh, lot of downloads, a lot of shares. So, guys, keep downloading the episodes. Share the episodes to your Instagram story. And I will repost them if you tag us. That's the only way I know if you shared it or not. Um, and you can do that right off of Spotify. And it's pretty fucking cool. So do that. Make sure, you're, like I said, downloading the episodes. Just sacrifice sharing that one cat meme and share the show for us. <laughs> yeah, share the show. That's how we grow. Uh, we're, we're really going to push hard this year. So please help us out by sharing the fucking shit out of this show spread it around like wildfire costs you nothing but it means everything it does mean everything <laughs> um so without further ado bailey she will be doing the the reading tonight since in sam's stead <laughs> because so, i'm illiterate <laughs> that's not no. my strong suit. No, well, it's, no, not, my, it's you, not my strong suit. she can't sight read Nope. Uh, we learned that no nope. i can only do one thing at a time decently 
there is that. <laughs> and God bless you for it. We love her. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Bailey, take it away for us. So we last left off in December 1977, three months after the start of the disturbances. So a lot of strange phenomenon has happened, and a lot of people have witnessed what was going on so far in the Hodgson's house. From pools of water spontaneously forming, toys being thrown around, furniture moving and flipping over. Now the haunting is about to go from mild annoyances to outright terrifying possession, levitation, and voices from beyond the grave. The three things which made this case so memorable. So up until now, we've had marbles and Legos just flying across the room. Maybe a dresser or a chest of drawers. I feel like that's a little Every extreme. now and then. <laughs> A little like, much. A little much, but the, what happens in this part... Is a lot much. Is like, oh, I need to burn this fucking house to the ground. <laughs> does, it, does it go from full-on like, ghost tantrum like to like... It's like the spinal tap joke about cranking it to 11. <laughs> uh, that That's really where I feel like... And what's interesting about this story is that this was the inspiration for Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist film. Dan Aykroyd used this uh, as inspiration for Ghostbusters. Personal favorites. So this is in, this story is so important. It has inspired cinema, like horror classics and horror comedy classics, even. So a lot of people pull from this, but yeah. So on Saturday, the third of December, Janet was pulled out of her bed, and Maurice found her sliding down the stairs head first while she was still asleep. A couple of days later, another member of the SPR joined the team, a student physicist called David Roberts. More members of the SPR joined them on the 10th of December, Dr. John Beloff and Anita Gregory. The group challenged the entity to speak, and after some whistles and barking, a gruff voice calling himself Joe Watson began to speak. However, the next night, the voice said that his name was Bill Wilkins. Joe Watson wasn't a catchy name. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of character development going yeah. on there. <laughs> Full name change. <laughs> he changes his stage name halfway through the yeah. He's like, gotta get it more interesting. It's like the rock star. It's like, uh, Brian Danielson didn't do shit. Uh, Nikki Six is great. I mean, it was kind of a great name. Um, and on Tuesday, December 13th, Maurice Gross's son, Richard, who was a newly qualified solicitor, helped his father interrogate the presence. The spirit responded with banging in response to the questions, but a man's voice was soon heard coming from somewhere behind Janet's neck. The voice identified itself as Bill Wilkins, who had died in the house at age 72. Richard asked him how he died, and he said... I went blind. I had a hemorrhage. I fell asleep and I died in a chair in the corner downstairs. Bill's son, Terry, later confirmed this was indeed how his father had died. When Playfair asked why he wasn't visible, Bill said, I'm invisible because I'm a G-H-O-S-T. I feel like Gwen Stefani's holler back girl right now. Yeah? You going <laughs> to sing it for us? No. I just know the, the bananas part. This beat. Is bananas. Yeah. Spell Go it ahead. out. Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, you do it. I'm waiting for you. This is a, a duet. No, no. Okay, fine. I'll do it. You're the singer here. B-A-N-A-N-A, yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do here. I'm invisible. G-H-O. Oh, there you go. 
beautiful. She's got it. She's got it figured out. So what we're going to do here is actually y'all play. Y'all hold your applause. I'm not going to go out and be a pop star anytime soon. So God, no. <laughs> Can we circle back to the going down the stairs part? Head first. Yeah. She's just clunking. Boom, 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 yeah, boom. So I feel like this should be something like from a Looney Tune commercial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she definitely has like CTE from that or some <laughs> shit. It's just like dragging her by her feet. Clunk, 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 clunk. She's asleep through this. She's in like a trance. Yeah. So what we're going to do here, guys, is play some audio from... Maurice Gross's tapes of Bill's voice and you be the judge if this voice could come from an 11 year old girl or not I personally don't think it can but I'll let you be the judge so that's going to start right now let me hear you say my name come on let me hear you say my name science Girl to squeak to bed. Come on, say it for me, Dr. Bellon. It makes me think of uh, that movie with Anna Ferris, The House Bunny, when she's like meeting I... somebody new. <laughs> she's like, Natalie. <laughs> Janet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> exactly what that makes me fucking think of. coming out of janet that is coming out of Ooh. janet and this voice would last for hours and it sounds like the the terry lady from the anti-smoking commercials a few years ago that's what it makes me think of so and for up. our international listeners there was there's this anti-smoking commercial that was on that has this lady that looks like her name's She's been melted by like radiation and oh she's got God. a tracheotomy and talks with a uh, voice box and shit. <laughs> I'm Terry. <laughs> <She's> like, I'm Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I can't do the voice for more than 30 seconds before it just destroys my vocal cords. So I can't imagine this girl doing this shit for hours on end because yeah. that's the big thing. It's like, oh, she's making up a voice. I don't know. To do this voice is insane on your vocal cords. And how old was she? She was like like young, right? Fucking eleven or twelve. I feel like even if I smoked like a pack of fucking Newports, I couldn't even do that voice for more than like an hour. Well, that's what's interesting. The woman did the voice of the demon in The Exorcist. That's how they mad like made her do that voice. Was they were just like just chain smoke a bunch, drink a lot of bourbon. Oh my god! And that's what she did, and that's how she got the voice. The liquor voice. Yeah, it's like the liquor demon. Smoking fucking Paul Malls. The liquor's calling the shots now. It's like, I like Jack Daniels. <laughs> of course, fucking. it don't work. You don't have no gas in it. Yeah, the, the fucking my my demon voice sounds like sling bling. Apparently, like sling. <laughs> biscuits and mustard. Jesus. <laughs> Good old Billy Bob Thornton. All right, so let's continue. I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. Days before I died, I died. not be sleeping tonight <laughs> this shit is bananas <laughs> that is so scary um fucking terrifying and you can definitely be like the fact that it comes from behind her neck is where it, like mm. the voice fluctuates from very strange it's like it's talking it's using her, her vocal cords but she's not talking. The voice is just talking around her. Yeah. Like a megaphone? Yeah. It's, yeah. You, it's basically so. I mean, all it is is vibrations anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there you go. And it'll explain more of that later on, like later on in the episode in the notes. Um, there's a lot of sciencey shit that I 
didn't want to get into about the vocal cords. It's like it uses a very small vocal cord to get that. Why, Ripley? Why why are you clawing the chair up? Pretty rude. Excuse if me. If I had man. a sock, I'd pelt you. With Ripley! It. Excuse me. <laughs> Not a fuck to be given. No. She's venting the we're, chair. We're sorry, everyone. Our cat's decided that she hates the chair. Not a very good audio engineer move. Yeah. Real dickhead move. She didn't Ripley. do quiet on set. That was. I'm, do- yeah. I'm docking your treats. <laughs> Don't dock her treats. She's just a baby. Look, she stopped immediately, though. Well, yep. She we're stopped gonna, as soon as I said, I'm taking your treats away. She's like, God damn it. But anyway. I just got up to six salmon jerkies. <clears throat> now I'm going back down to three. Yeah, no raises <laughs> for you. Okay, so to rule out the possibility of Janet faking the voice, Gross actually taped up her mouth, but the voice continued. He then asked Janet to hold water in her mouth, which she did, and the voice could still be heard talking. That would freak me the hell out. Yeah, like somebody crazy. like crazy. She is either a master ventriloquist <laughs> or super fucking haunted. Yeah. Um, Gross recorded hours of the voice by using a contact microphone placed on the back of Janet's head. A speech therapist who examined Janet said that they couldn't be certain where the voice was coming from, though it bore some resemblance to a false vocal cord tone. There is a voice effect known as plica ventricularis, which is where muscle tension behind the throat can produce sounds independent of vocal cords. However, using this muscle tension to speak often results in an extremely sore throat and can do some serious damage, none of which happened to Janet, who would speak up to three hours. Since no cause could be found, it was concluded that something was using Janet as an amplifier. Gross and Playfair decided to hypnotize Janet and called in Dr. Ian Fletcher, who was a hypnotist, surgeon, and member of the Magic Circle. Jack of all trades. (laughs) Master of none. Um, Fletcher put Janet into a light state of hypnosis and asked her some questions. Do you know who is doing all this? Me and my sister. Why do you think you are to blame? Well, this question is what all the skeptics on this case point to. Because Which one? She, the one where she's like, me and my sister are responsible for all of this. Oh, yeah. And it's like, as we'll come to find out, yeah, they faked like maybe 2% of the shit just to fuck with the hundreds, like the the multitude of investigators that would walk in and out of the house. You think they faked some of it? The, no, it's documented. They oh. faked like 2%. It was like bending spoons and shit like that. It was just like, she was caught on camera bending spoons at one point (laughs) just to fuck with people. But there's mountains of other evidence here outside of that 2% that two teenage girls fake to fuck with people. Yeah. I mean, this would be one hell of a fucking prank. Yeah. Like they're committed. This is outside the realm of prankery. Yeah. Um, There is no way this voice came from an 11 year old girl. There's just not. I like, yeah, it may have come through her, but it didn't. Yeah. She didn't do this voice on her own. Maybe they were just fucking around at first and then she really got possessed. Possibly. I mean, you never fucking know. I don't um, know what ghost would want to uh, mm-hmm. haunt a flat in or like a little townhouse in London, but clearly someone did. Bill did. Yeah. 
Um, so some more of the questions. Uh, what does it feel like? Cold hands gripping me, gripping around my body. Who started the trouble? None of us. What is the cause of the trouble? An increase in unhappiness. Fletcher later said, the impression I formed was this is not fraud. She and her sister are doing some of these things, maybe springing out of bed, but something is forcing them to do it against their will. It was soon after this that Janet began levitating. On Thursday, 15th of December at 11.45 a.m., Hazel Short, the local lollipop lady, witnessed Janet floating around her room. Just sidebar. What a weird fucking career to have. <laughs> the I'm the local lollipop. lollipop lady. I just come around and sell my lollipops. Literally. You would go to jail doing that this day and age. Oh, yeah. They're like, no, no free candy, lady. Absolutely like, not. But I have to sell my lollipops. Well, <laughs> not in this neighborhood, you're not. I aspire to be like that. Yeah. Seems like go. a fun, fun job. Um, so Hazel said, I was standing there looking at the house when all of a sudden a couple of books came flying across and hit the window. It was so sudden. I heard the noise because it was so quiet. There was no traffic and it made me jump. Then after a little while, I saw Janet. I don't know if there's a bed underneath that window, but she was going up and down bodily as though someone was just tossing her up and down bodily in a horizontal position like as if someone had got a hold of her legs and back and someone was just throwing her up and down i definitely saw her come about window height but i thought if she was bouncing she'd bounce from her feet she wouldn't be able to get enough power to bounce off her back to come up that high my friend could see her as well we could both see her on just so what's crazy about this is remember this is a 1970s mattress yeah. So it's literally just like coils with maybe like a layer of cotton or wool on top. <laughs> and she is literally springboarding off of this off of her back. And she was very athletic, which comes up later on. But I don't think horizontal horizontal bouncing, bouncing is, is I, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't care how big of a skeptic you are. Like, there's no way to fling yourself in to the mattress mm -hmm. to make you like I, just a little bit about me. I sell mattresses for a living <laughs> outside of did this you try show. this at work? Please tell me you did. I, <laughs> I will not confirm or deny that I oh, tried this. I just, no, the, that I, if you'll do that, I'll put it on the TikTok, and I swear to God, <laughs> there is no possible fucking way that she was able to bounce off of that um, and, and have it appear that she was levitating. There's no way. None. I mean, if we could get you to just try it for us, that'd be great. You know. Maybe it was like one of those adjustable bases and it was like. I said like a Tempur-Pedic. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not bouncing off of a Tempur-Pedic. So I, dude, I swan dived on a Tempur-Pedic one time just for a laugh. How'd it go? I knocked the wind out of myself. Was it like a, <laughs> hitting a brick Are they wall? Hard? It was like, yeah. Oh. So I have a Sealy and it has a big dent in the middle from my big fat booty. Well, we'll talk later, but yeah, I need a new mattress for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Come see me. Um, but outside of that, if any of you listeners need a mattress, uh, DM me. Uh, 
I'll slut, I'll slut the show out. I don't care. Slut the show out. We'll if any of you listeners want to buy me a mattress, DM me. <laughs> Goddamn brace and statement for somebody that's been here three fucking episodes. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, okay? I respect the hustle, but goddamn, man. You can't be sleeping on a dent. <laughs> There's a, always one guy just, somewhere. We posted a picture of Hilly is like in the place the arms of the angel with her, <laughs> with her leg and her dick. Fucking Sarah McLaughlin yeah. that shit. That's actually really fucking funny. I would be down. Oh my god. You For know just what? ten cents a day. Put that on the TikTok. Yeah, oh I will. Make sure you download the show. That way we get paid so we can fund Bailey a mattress. <laughs> For help, just one download this, a day. Help this girl. Help her back. <laughs> Make sure you listen to the show all the way through on Spotify and Apple so we can get our ad revenue. Because <laughs> Bailey needs a bed. I do. We need a laptop, but we got your Bailey situated <laughs> first. Our laptop just shuts the fuck off halfway through an episode. But Bailey's going to have a new mattress. Yeah. yeah. So, like, my back, you know. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, uh, let's see. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So on December 17th, British author and healer Matthew Manning paid a visit to their house before Christmas. He is known for his psychic abilities and spoke to Bill at great length. While in the house, he also witnessed the microphone of Guy's tape record, tape, tape record fall of its own accord and break. That same day, the tape recorder went missing and despite searching the whole house, no trace of it was found. Later in the day, Matthew and Guy heard a crash and ran upstairs to find that a chest of drawers had been pushed over. His tape recorder, which had been hidden underneath, was now in plain sight. It's just fucking with him at this point. Yeah. Yeah, fucking troll, dude. It's, it's rearranging the furniture again. It's like the feng shui is off still. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you keep putting this dresser back where, where you had it? Something's not right here. Yeah. On Friday, 23rd of December, the family goldfish died, and Bill admitted that he... R.I.P. Aw, fishy. That he had electrocuted them in their tank using spirit energy. Oh man, the fish? He fried the fish, dude. The fish was gonna die anyway, it's a goldfish. But wait, there's more. On Christmas Day, the pet parakeet, Budgie, was found dead in its cage. And later that day... Janet was found with a curtain wrapped around her neck. Peggy managed to untangle her, saving her from suffocating. This wasn't an isolated incident. It happened a total of eight times during the haunting. And supposedly it was like they fought to get it off of her neck. But I also think this might be one of those ones where she might have faked that. This and the bending of spoons type of thing. I'm just like, (laughs) but some stories have it to where the thing just like, they were all sitting there opening Christmas gifts and shit, and the curtain just went and wrapped around her neck. Damn. Like a fucking python or some shit. Her and Bill just have like an inside joke. She's like, wrap the curtain around my neck. Yeah. It'll be so funny. It's like, <laughs> you, 
It's like, you want to fuck with these guys real quick? <laughs> All right. I'm, while I'm opening Christmas gifts, just wrap the curtain around my neck. <laughs> well, they it's got okay. me socks. I definitely won't be like being choked later on in life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Janet later complained that a knife was following her around upstairs, and Peggy found one of the knives she had just put away on the stairs. It's like floating through the house. That's wild. Like fucking ghost is gonna shank her. Yeah, it's ghost to Christmas shanks. (laughs) (laughs) Janet later said, I was used and abused. There was levitation, there was the voices, and then there was the curtain that wrapped itself around my neck which was quite life-threatening for me, and it brought it home to me that this could kill you. On Sunday the 15th of January, which was Peggy's birthday, writing in fecal matter appeared on the wall. This was followed by a few days of puddles of diarrhea that was sent for testing at a lab and came back as cat urine. Peggy also saw a man... (laughs) Peggy also saw a man from the waist down walking up her stairs. A few days later, I Am Fred was found on the bathroom door written with electrical tape. Dude, the the crazy shit is... There's more men in and out of this flat than anywhere. It's literally um, throwing shit around. Yeah, it's literally writing happy birthday and shit or something on the wall. That's it, wild. It's, it's writing with duties. <laughs> uh, it, it, the ghost is, instead of blood like in The Shining, it's not doing red rum. It's just writing Where shit backwards the, on the wall with duties. It really wanted to be original. You Where know? did it get the cat pee from? Well, the, it was diarrhea, but it tested for cat piss. That's weird. And I don't recall them ever having a cat. I don't think they did either. So I, I guess ghost shits are cat piss. It's very liquidy. I'm going to uh, look it up. Very ammonia-y. Ugh. It smells like bleach. Yeah. Well, this is, they did not have a cat. They did not have a cat. Weird. Maybe they should have. So, on January 15th, on the evening of her mom's birthday, Margaret walked into the bathroom to find the word shit smeared in the wall. In was shit. It, was it in shit? It was, in fact, very in shit. Redu- very, you know, original there. <laughs> While Peggy's birthday fright was an apparition, which she spotted while going upstairs. She said she saw a sort of apparition of the bottom half of a man's trousers. And as I went to look up, I got a very quick glimpse and it faded completely. Um, Maurice and Guy gave the family some space throughout April, but left Peggy with instructions to make a note of any paranormal occurrences. When the paranormal investigators saw Peggy's diary, they were amazed to find that she had logged 155 incidents and that apparitions of human forms were becoming more and more frequent. There had also been a worrying trend in the increase of incidents which involved the small, spontaneous outbreaks of fire that would extinguish themselves as quickly as they started, leaving behind no damage. That's the freakiest one. Not the shit just randomly appearing around the house or being used to write shit on the walls. I mean, I guess Janet could have faked the shit one, but still. (laughs) It would have been better if she would have wrote piss. And shit. Uh, <laughs> piss, but it's in shit. Yeah, yeah. that would have been better. And then the, the ghost shits came back as cat piss. Yeah, that would... <laughs> she writes shit, yeah, and shit. <laughs> shit, yeah. <laughs> Happy shitting birthday, Mom. Happy shitting birthday. Well, at least you know the ghost just wants to shit and not murder you. True. You know? 
It's just like, having just some tummy to, issues. Yeah, he's trying to dig his turd out and write shit on the wall. <laughs> the fucking ghost has he's constipated. <laughs> he's really frustrated at this point. He's like, I cannot get this out. <laughs> I took an X Lax and dig this turd out. So on May the 16th, the SPR formed a committee in order to carry out their own investigation. The committee interviewed the witnesses, which they found convincing. They also consulted Charles Moses, an experienced investigator from the Southern California Society for Psychical Research. The committee found that there was good evidence for paranormal phenomena, as described by the various witnesses. However, they were reluctant to give credibility to the voice of Bill Watkins, or is it Wilkins? Because it was Wilkins at first, and my last name is Watkins. I think it's Wilkins. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, unless you, you want to go with Watkins. I, I don't really want to be I, related to Bill. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not good. sure. I, I'm not sure. Maybe you were having a brain toot. Maybe. Maybe you know, your brain was... Yeah. I slapped... I cobbled these together. Oh, that's an interesting way to word that. Cobbled. Uh, I, co- I cobbled these notes. I cobbled these notes. Cobble, uh, cobble, bitch. At like 2 o'clock today. Nice. <laughs> Wonderful job. All right, so um, we're going to say Wilkins. So well, autocorrect probably fucked it up. <laughs> they were reluctant to give credibility to the voice of Bill Wilkins. On May 30th, Janet and Margaret were in the back garden arguing with the children next door when suddenly what appeared to be a handful of stones was thrown over the fence. Before the girls could retaliate, more stones were thrown from the other neighboring garden. So this thing's just chucking stones at people. God. Within minutes, another neighbor showed up. He was angry and accusing someone of throwing stones at him. The girls had no idea where these stones, and at one point even bricks and rocks, came from. The Enfield haunting eventually attracted the attention of famed paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Which, if you remember from last episode, showed up uninvited, and they were there for like 24 hours. Finally, they arrived in London in mid-June to see what was going on for themselves. Ed Warren later said, Now, you couldn't record the dangerous, threatening atmosphere inside that little house, but you could film the levitations, teleportations, and dematerializations of people and objects that were happening there. Not to mention the many hundreds of hours of tape recordings made of these spirit voices speaking out loud in the rooms. Ed Warren, always quick to figure out how to make a buck off of something. Yeah, literally. But, and they did record these levitations. Now, granted, some of the photographical evidence, because not everybody had iPhones back in that time. Um, Does it look like it was done on a potato? It looked, <laughs> no, it was high quality camera footage. Oh, okay. But, but the issue is that it kind of looks like Janet may have been jumping on the bed. Oof. Damn it, Janet. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> so on 25th of July, the family sent Janet to the Maudsley Hospital, which is a psychiatric hospital in South London, and the incidents died down, even though the family still saw apparitions. Janet underwent extensive physical and psychological assessment at the Institute of Neuropsychiatry under Dr. Peter Fenwick, and nothing was found to be wrong with her, including brain damage or epilepsy. Janet returned on the 1st of September after being away for nearly six weeks and within half an hour saw the apparition of a little boy. 
On Monday, the 2nd of October, they called in another medium, a Dutch man named Dono Jmelig Mylig. Have fun with that. I, I did my best. Who came to the house and traveled along the astral plane. He was certain that a 24-year-old woman was involved in the case. Maurice Gross has had, had had a daughter called Janet who had died in a crash age 24, and it was this that had led him to become a member of the SPR. After Dono identified the 24-year-old woman, the incidents tapered off and then stopped. Which is fucking insane. Because it could be it could have been Maurice Gross's daughter that was doing the fucking haunting. She just wanted some cred. Well, she was there, you know, she was attached to that situation in some way. And his daughter's name was Janet, so mm. it was just like, how do I get back in touch with my dad? And she finally got back in touch with her dad, and all of a sudden, all the shit just kind of went away. It was... Mm. Now, the family says that there was, like, little minor shit that would happen around the house, but nothing like what had been going on. Well, that could just be, like, leftover energy. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cute, though. She just wants to talk to her dad. And then she moved on, and everything was good. So Maurice Gross remained in contact with the family until his death at 87 in 2006. He spent much of his time towards the end of his life defending his investigation of the haunting. Guy Playfair remains an active author, researcher, and member of the SBR Council. Peggy Hodson, Hodgson remained in the house until her death in 2003. Janet left home at 16 and married early. Her brother John died in 1981 at the age of 14. What's really sad, though, is Janet's son. I read that he passed away at the age of 18. Oh, that is sad. Dang. So and a baby. She, like, if you look at video footage of her on interviews and stuff, she looks like just a haunted woman. She's been through it. She's been through some shit. Her, uh... So her brother John died. Um, both Janet and Margaret have made several television appearances in subsequent years where they continued to insist on the authenticity of their experiences. In fact, Janet said in a 2011 newspaper article, years later, when mom was alive, there was always a present there, something watching over you. However, skeptics investigated the infield incidents and criticized paranormal investigators for believing identifying various features of the case as being indicative of a hoax from an imaginative teenager. A video camera caught Janet bending spoons and attempting to bend an iron bar. Yeah, I didn't talk about the fireplace. Um, so that's the iron bar that they're referring to. So like a fireplace poker thing? Um, so they used to have like big iron grates over the like the fireplace where you put the wood in. So you drop the wood in behind the iron. Yeah. So it doesn't like roll out and burn your house down. Right. So apparently at some point, one of these iron bars bent, hmm. but then there was like evidence to show that Janet was trying to bend the bars. <laughs> so it's it, just like, eh. um, supposedly a remote controlled still camera unveiled the levitating Janet photos to be school sports champion Janet bouncing on the bed as if it were a trampoline. 
Janet Hodson, Hodgson later went on to admit that they faked a small number. She estimated about 2% of events in the house, which she said was just to test the investigators. However, she was adamant that the vast majority of the occurrences, including all those experienced by the family, were supernatural in origin. The case of the Enfield poltergeist produced an extraordinary amount of evidence. There are recordings, photos, physical effects, and eyewitness testimonies. However, the debate about whether it was real or a hoax rages on. Whether we believe it or not, the Enfield poltergeist is the most publicized ghost story in Britain. So was it real? You decide. So what do you guys think? I think it was, just because I'm, I'm always a believer of everything, basically. <laughs> I, I definitely think there's a lot of more true to this truth to this than fiction. Um, I just don't see how a, a child could make a sound like that I come out of their fucking mouth with tape over their mouth. For three and, hours? Yeah, and water in their mouth. Three hours at a time. Like, ain't no fucking way. Because they, there's hundreds of hours. Of, we played maybe five minutes. Yeah. And there's hundreds of hours of audio tape of this voice. Because yeah. remember, these investigators basically lived in this house for that year and almost two years. Peggy comes out in her pajamas. Hey. hey. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they're coffee? still to this day, like, uh, you know, st- well, the one's dead, right? The- so, I mean, yeah. Is anybody living in that house? Or is it bulldozed? I mean, no, it's still there. That's crazy. I can't believe Peggy lived in it until she died. I would be like. Oh, well, I mean, once all the shit like calmed down, it's kind of true. But the problem is, it's it, it was essentially like Section Eight housing it was government housing. Yeah. So it's like, where the fuck are you going to go? You can't. True. Because they they tried to make a case to move the family earlier on hmm. because of all the shit and the you know the government was like no. They're like we don't. We got nowhere to put them. We don't that believe in no ghosts. That is a sad situation. That's scary. But yeah, um, and with that being said, what do you creeps think? Let us know in the comments of the episode. You can go on Spotify and leave us what you think of the episode, so or the series even. It was creepy. So Christian, without further ado, do what you do. Make sure you guys are liking, downloading, subscribing. Let me say that again. All those things are so important. Uh, they help us out so much. And um, just by leaving a comment, you guys you know, make a smile on our face. And it also helps the show grow because it just does. It just is. It's the algorithm. Yeah. That's that, what I put it that, up to. That's what we need is likes, subscribes, downloads. And shares. And shares. Please share the show. Yeah. People, people don't know if they don't know. Enough. Yep. Yep. Um, Share it to your Facebook wall, your Instagram story. You can actually, if you listen to us on Spotify, you can actually share the show off the share button. It's awesome. And tag us in your post, and I'll repost it on the story. Yes. And, yeah. But, guys, until next time, stay spooky. Stay creepy. Stay strange. And I guess I'll say stay safe since (laughs) Sam's... Not here. We all want you to stay safe. Uh, (laughs) Stay safe, everybody. Don't get haunted. No. (laughs) See you next week.